0: comes alive on 25th at Calvary. Gloria, our Savior, found us. The shepherds and wise men went searching for the promised son, but they did not know that this greatest treasure they had found in the manger had rather come to seek and save the lost. Calvary Baptist Church presents the Living Christmas Tree 2021. Date is December 25th. The time is 5 p.m. sharp. The venue is the new amphitheater at our Sheshi campus near the Akramo. Come with us to the manger to worship and honor our kid. Come let us offer our best to him. Calvary Baptist Church. Press on to victory.
1: What a joy it is to be in your presence, O oh Lord, that we can speak your word and know that you are standing by to perform your word in our hearts and minds. This is the season when we remember the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. May the words we share about the good news come through to us to bring us joy, hope, encouragement, salvation, and deliverance. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for making the time to join us. And I want to be one of the first people to wish you Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Every year, people keep celebrating this Christmas. And you ask yourself, are we not tired of celebrating Christmas? Well, maybe you are tired of celebrating your birthday. But even if you are tired of celebrating your birthday... I'm sure anytime you turn on the radio or TV or you read the newspapers or around you, you find people celebrating somebody's birthday or some anniversary. We as human beings love anniversaries. We as human beings love celebrating. Sometimes I see even the newspapers where people remember somebody who died 25 years ago, 30 years ago. Some time ago, I even saw somebody who had died 50 years ago. And the family was remembering that man because he had left them with a lasting legacy. We celebrate people who mean a lot to us. We cherish their memory. We cherish them. We love them. We celebrate them because they've left a lot for us. And when it comes to celebrating people who are long dead and gone, there's none compared to Jesus. Did I say long dead and gone? Oh, yes, maybe we do not see him physically among us. We celebrate his birth. But as far as we are concerned, as Bible-believing Christians, he's not dead and gone. He's still with us because his name that was given to him on his birth is Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. So anytime time we celebrate Christmas we are celebrating, we are commemorating the time when he was born physically on earth. Physically on earth at a certain point in time. Never mind, I will not go into all this story as to whether he was born on 25th December or not. Any scholar knows that he wasn't born 25th of December. When was he born? I don't know, I wasn't there. But like many of my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, We don't know when they were born, but we know that they lived. Jesus did not leave a birthday for us. God did not leave a date for us to be hanged on. But the story was so great that people would have invented a birthday for him anyway, just like a birthday has been invented to celebrate Kwame Nkrumah and other great people who have lived. When you read the story of Jesus, when you read his genealogy you begin to see why they celebrate him. Let's just go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, and I'll just read verse 1, 2, and 3, and I'll stop there because I don't want to go through all of it. It says, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers, Judah begot Perez, and Perez by Tamar. Perez begot Hebron. Hezron begot Ram. You can go on and on and on. This is the book of genealogy. And many times we don't like genealogies. We don't like reading them because we don't even know what it means. But Matthew, the writer of the Gospel of Matthew, had a purpose. Matthew was a Jew. And he wrote Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, to his countrymen to let them know that this Jesus, that he, Matthew, left everything and followed. If you know anything about Matthew, he was a tax collector. He was on his job doing what he did best, collecting taxes. And Jesus met him and said, look, come and follow me. And Matthew, who was called Levi, followed Jesus Christ. He left everything. And being a tax collector, Earning an income and living, now following Jesus, going everywhere, preaching the gospel and teaching people and seeing Jesus heal, people, healing people. People have been wondering, what is wrong with this man? Why would he follow somebody like that? But he was also used by God. This accountant, this man who was so meticulous about getting people to pay their taxes and giving them records, took his time and was inspired by the Spirit of God to put together a chronology, a genealogy of Jesus. So when you and I read it, when his fellow men and women read it, they will be convinced that Jesus is the Son of God. And so when we read this account, the genealogy, we see some of the things that he said, Jesus Christ, who? A son of God, the son of Abraham. What does it mean? Let us take note of at least four of the names Jesus is called in the gospel. Like I said, he started the book of genealogy, Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. When Jesus is given the title, son of God, what does that mean? It means he existed before the creation. Yes, God is spirit and all those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But when you read the Bible, you'll find this account. And the Lord said, and God said, let us create man in our own image. Or God said, let us create. And God spoke, and the world came into being. Who spoke? God spoke. When he said, let us. Who is the let us? Who is the Oh, we believe. Speaking to each other. Deciding what to do. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Son was there. Jesus Christ. He existed before the creation. He was there in God. He was there with God. He was there beside God. He was part of the Godhead because the Bible tells us He's God. So there was nothing that was created that was not created. There was nothing that was created and Jesus was not part of it. He is the creator. And so when you call him the Son of God, it means He existed before the creation, the firstborn. Of all creation. These are mysteries that the Bible reveals to us. God knows what to say about Himself and His Word. And He tells us Jesus is the Son of God. But he also calls him Jesus, who is the Son of Abraham. Abraham. If you are a Bible student, you know and move from place to place. The one is called Son of Abraham. You wonder what does it mean? Oh, wasn't Jesus born in Bethlehem? Much, much later on, up to today, Abraham is celebrated by all those who love God, those who have a relationship with God. Abraham represents those who followed God by faith. And therefore, whether they are Christians or Jews or Muslims, they claim Abraham as their father. Abraham existed before Moses. Abraham existed before the giving to us of the Ten Commandments. So when you call him son of Abraham, you are telling us that he is from that line, that line of special people who followed God against all odds. Abraham left his father, left his mother, left his own people, and followed God and believed in the promise of God. He was willing even when he had a child. God said, sacrifice your child Abraham was willing to do that and it was counted to him as righteousness. And one of the titles God calls Abraham is that he was a friend of God. He was so close to God. God loved him and he loved God. That is our father Abraham. So when Jesus is called the father of Abraham, he is part of that genealogy of people who love God, who serve God, whose attributes can be compared to Abraham But unlike Abraham, he didn't have any of those tricks or any of those weaknesses of Abraham. Yes, Abraham loved God. But there were times Abraham fell astray, saying the wife is the sister and sometimes fighting and getting into all those things. But by and large, Abraham is considered by Jews, Christians and Muslims as a human example of a great person who ought to be celebrated. And when Jesus says, I am the son of Abraham, when his own people call him and he says, I am the son of Abraham, you get to know that he is truly somebody worthy of worship. Matthew introduces us to Jesus, the son of Abraham. He is also called the son of David, which means he existed before and after the prophets. Oh, Abraham! And then David the Jews after to today consider David to be the greatest of the kings that ever existed. He was somebody who loved God as well, who worshiped God, who God inspired. He was somebody who was under authority. He was a shepherd and God called him and made him a king, and he never forgot where he came from. He never forgot he was a brave man who believed in the power of God. God had helped him even when he was young. And his father sent him to go and take care of his animals, a bear. And a lion will come to come and attack him and attack the animals. He said, look, when these lions come and they take the sheep, I follow them. I run after them and I kill them. And I take a piece to go and show my father that this animal tried to disturb the sheep. And this is the exhibit of what happened to him. A brave man. And his bravery forged in the wilderness caused him to see Goliath as one of those people that can be so big that he cannot miss him. So when he saw that arrogant man, Goliath, taunting his people, who is this, who is this, who is this? Look, for David, this man is no match for God because he had fought bears and lions and kill them. And if Goliath is defying God and God's people, he will fight him. David did that. And from that time on, God used him. He became the king of Israel. He was used to consolidate the kingdom and made his headquarters Jerusalem, a city that is still there today. People celebrate Jerusalem as a city of God. Tourists go there And you go and see the temple of David. You go and hear all the stories about David up to today. A man who loved God. But did he only love God? Yes, he did. But in addition to that, you read all the Psalms. Most of the Psalms were written by him. He was a musician who could play music and the demons would be running away. He was a worshipful person. Yes, he was a poet, a writer of music, an army general, a man full of many parts. He had his weaknesses, but the balance of his life, he loved God, a man after God's own heart. And the Jews still consider him, yes, the man who loved God. So when somebody is called son of David, they see him as coming from the royal priesthood, the royal line. Son of David, coming from the royal line. Son of Abraham, coming from the line of the faithful. Son of God, being there before the existence. And one of the names... Jesus is called a Son of Man. Christ came in the form of a human being. That is the amazing story, and that is the amazing fact that should cause you and I to wonder: What is this? In the world in which Jesus was born, the Greek and the Roman world, it was not—it it was impossible to think that a God can come in the form of a human being. No, they never thought about that. God had tried so many times to capture the attention of human beings. You see, the Bible clearly just tells us God made us in his image. He put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and they sinned against God. And God cast them out. But yet, like a child who misbehaves, the father will punish that child. And when the child continues to be going wayward, the father and the mother will say, What can we do for this child? To come back for this child to be loving, to be caring, and get all the inheritance that we have for that child. They'll do everything to correct this child. And the child may not listen because he may think that his peers or their friends have more things that they can offer. Like our children today, they may not want to listen to their father or mother because they've seen something on radio, uh, uh, seen something on TV. Say something on their screen, something on the internet. They will do anything they can. You wait till a friend of theirs tell them, oh, this is the latest, this is the latest. Then they believe it because somebody, a classmate, a friend has talked to them about it. That's what God did. He sent prophet after prophet to warn human beings. But when they came, they saw them as prophets. Some of them had lifestyles that were strange and weird. Some of them spoke condemnation. But God decided through it all to send a son. And now he's called son of man. That is Jesus, son of man. That title means he came in the form of man. He came and through the mystery of what God wanted to do. He came through Mary. And Mary and Joseph walked or traveled all the way from Nazareth to Bethlehem where he was born. Because that's where the prophets prophesied that he was to be born. He came. He was born. They fulfilled all the righteousness. He went to the temple and he was dedicated. He grew. And he grew in stature. In favor of God and with human beings. And he learned the thing that he was supposed to learn as a Jewish person. Then, like rabbis operate... Teaching people, correcting them. He taught them, he corrected them, defending them. But he went above the normal thing that the rabbis would do by interpreting scripture and bringing it to where God wants to be. So he would say, You have heard it said of old, do not have adultery. But I say to you, if you are looking at somebody in a lustful way, you have already done what? Committed adultery with the person. You had. Do not kill. I will say to you, yes. You may not kill the person physically, but if you hate somebody in your heart, then you have already killed the person. When they ask him which is the greatest commandment, he will tell you, love the Lord your God with all your might, with all your power, with all your spirit, with all everything, but love your neighbor as yourself. This son of man, he came in the form of man by his teaching showed his wisdom his miracles showed his power his life was so exemplary his sacrificial life baffled many the kind of influence he had if it were in our day you have chariots and limousines, people bowing before him but he was so simple in style that the beggars the orphans the widows the poor milled around him sure Son of man, coming down to our level. He had 12 disciples. They walked with him and he walked with them. That is Jesus. Friend, Christmas is about celebrating this Jesus. Son of God, son of Abraham, son of David, and son of man. Do you think about this? Or for you, like many people, Christmas is about chicken. It's about rice. It's about new dress and new shoes. Yes, it may be, it may be, it may be. But when you do that, when your focus is only on the chicken and on the rice and what you have and what you don't have, it's like going to somebody who has invited you for an outdoor or a birthday party. You go, you take the food, you eat, you drink, and some people are so, so I won't call them certain names, they, they can be so funny that they come to your birthday, they will not even give, bring any donation, but they will take some of the food, they will take some of the things away And they will not give anything towards you. they say, I went to a party. It was a great party. What did you contribute to it? Nothing. You didn't even say happy birthday to a person. You didn't even say congratulations to a person. It was all about you. That's how it is with some people. The birthday is about Jesus Christ, but they don't understand him. They don't care about him. They don't pray for him. They don't pray with him. They don't take his plan and agenda why he came into the world into consideration. So now, let's take a few more as we look at Jesus, the Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. You see, these are the titles. But I want you to know that the Bible teaches us that Jesus came as a result of a promise. God had promised us that a child would be born. What Adam and Eve sinned and God threw them out of the garden of Eden. It was as if that's the end of it. Satan had won. But God said in Genesis 3.15, And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. That, many Bible scholars see it as the first prophecy, showing that from the woman will come a child, and that child will stop the activities of the devil. Activities of the devil in this life, in the world, in your life, in my life, that we can truly turn to God for salvation and ask his spirit to empower us that in answer to prayer, in answer to evangelism, in answer to the celebration of Christmas and other things like this, will come and be connected to our Lord and Savior. Is that how you understand Christmas? There's a promise the promise that the Christ who come is the savior of humanity. Has he saved you? Then we are told the kind of person he will be, his personality. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David, is it a small thing for you to weary men? But will you weary God also? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call. His name, Emmanuel. Here were people in exile. And they had lost hope. And Isaiah came to them and said, Look, God himself will show you a sign. And that sign, when you see that sign, you will know that uh, the end is coming. The Messiah has been sent. We all know that normal birth is a man and a woman having sexual relationship and giving birth to a child. But in this particular case, Isaiah prophesied before he was born that this is what God is going to do. People were wondering, what type of person is this? How would he be born? Well, when you read the story of Christmas, it is recorded that the father and mother were, let's say, engaged to be married, but they were not in relationship. They didn't even live together. And before they could come out, And publicly consummate their relationship Mary was found pregnant if you read all the accounts of the Bible it is said clearly that this was a gift of God God made it happen he has said it earlier on in Isaiah chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 that a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you call his name Emmanuel God is with us you see God is able to do all kinds of things The God who pre-existed as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is able to come down in human shape but not carry the sinfulness of human being. Oh, Christmas is that time again when we can sing joy to the world but when we can also say, Lord, we don't understand you. We don't understand your plans but we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you salute because your world is beyond our understanding. Ours is to follow you by faith. And do the thing that you've called us to do. The personality of Jesus was none like any other. But he also says he's not only a child of promise. A child of personality. But lastly the power that was given to him. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 talks about that power. And that's where I'll be ending. Says, for unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. What type of name is this? This child that was prophesied to be born. When he's born, say, look, as I said, a child is born. A child, a son is given. But the government will be on his shoulder. Which government? The rule of God. He will come to show everybody that God is king. God is a ruler. And when he was born, did he show it in his life? Yes. The man walked on water. He can walk on water. The man was giving loaf of bread and fish. And he multiplied it to show that, look, I can create anything. He raised the dead to show that life is no big deal. I mean, I can give and I can take. He worked miracles. The blind could see. There was nothing, nothing, nothing beyond what he could do. The government was on his shoulder. He could do anything. The only thing he didn't do was to abuse his power and misuse it. So when they were trying him and they wanted him to say that Caesar is king and that he's not king, he said, no, I cannot deny that I'm a child of God. If, uh, if Pilate said, "You don't you not have the power to let you go free? He said, no, you don't have that power unless it is given to you by God. He had the power, but he had a way of knowing how to limit that power so that the power will be used judiciously. There are people who have power as human beings, who have the power of office, but we misuse it. They will tell you, don't you know who I am? I can change your sleeping place, do this, do that, do that, and they abuse the power, whether they are lawyers or pastors or doctors or engineers or politicians, they know how to misuse power. But Jesus said, I will not use my power for that. Then he goes on to see how we, how we use this power. Isaiah continues, look, the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful, wonderful, full of wonders. Here, we can begin to list all of them. He has continued up to today. That is why we are celebrating him 2,000 years after he was born. Counselor. There are people who are broken-hearted; They don't know what to do. But you go to him. You hear his word. You preach his word. And he touches somebody. He's able to heal you, body, soul, and spirit because he's the counselor, the wonderful counselor. He's mighty, mighty. He can stop any problem in your life. He can do anything he wants to do. Mighty God, everlasting father. His beginning, there's no end. You see, when we are celebrating Christmas, we should just put it in context that he's coming again. He is coming again. He's everlasting. Because they killed him. He rose again. But he lives. And in his name, people are still working wonders up to today. That's why we are celebrating Christmas. Because he's everlasting, everlasting. The world is reminding you he's everlasting. Let me ask you, are you part of his everlasting plan? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Then he says he's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. There are wars, rumors of wars about Corona and COVID and Omicron and Delta and all of this. The great news on the agenda is that as we are celebrating Christmas, it is only a rehearsal for his final coming to reign as the Peace Prince of Peace. And let me ask you, are you ready for his coming? Will you be part of that kingdom? If you have trusted him as your Lord and Savior, this Christmas offers you an opportunity to tell those who do not know him that this is what it is all about. That he came to be the Lord of your life. He came to be the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and invites all to come to him so that he can lead them and guide them and direct them. But if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, go out today, find a church, find somewhere where Jesus is being worshipped. And remember... That when you go there, say, I want to be introduced to this man who is the son of God, son of Abraham, son of David, son of man, son of a promise, the one who has all the power. I want to give my life to him. And I tell you, your life will never be the same. We can be of help to you. Our details follow this program. And let God's joy be yours now and forevermore. Amen.
0: You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Dagby. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Big's Restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyle Filling Station. Our Amasamai campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano opposite the Bortiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via Calvary Baptist Ghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200 1-8-1-6-8-0 one eight one six eight zero. God bless you.